Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. First edition of Wicked Spursy after the January 1st New Year. Steve, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, it's been a nice, uh, quiet, low-key weekend so far. Um, the snow today has helped keep me inside, unlike some people. Looking at you, Mike, uh, <laughs> who spent all day outside. I spent all day inside, um, which was uh, kind of nice. Uh, you know, somebody has to watch the kid. You know, Natalie desperately wanted to get out there and shovel. Um so I sat and watched, uh, you know, Peppa Pig with the kid for probably entirely too long. Um, and I will say this, one of the nice things about our neighborhood, uh, there's a, a, an elderly uh, gentleman who's got a snowblower who, when he's done, will just go down the street and help snowblow people's driveways. Uh, and, you know, I don't, it's not like any of us have really long driveways or anything, but he's got it might as well use it so uh you know one of these days we're gonna bake some cookies or muffins or something and bring them over to him because man's a champion very neighborly of you steve to respond to that very neighborly guy like like the ned flanders that everybody needs in their life right yeah exactly <laughs> mike how about you how you doing idly ho neighbor do there it um, is i'm just uh i'm just um just great today uh i i unlike steve i uh, actually got outside and uh did some work today, um, mostly because I looked outside and I I, I live uh, in probably about ten minutes south of Steve, fifteen maybe, and uh, it's decidedly more rural than Steve, uh, which is kind of funny because Steve lives in a quote unquote city in Vermont. Um, I live in a very rural area uh, that's mostly fields and mountain. Um, so. Uh, I probably got a little bit more snow because of because of just where I live in the fields. Steve might live a little closer to the lake, but I I get that lake effect snow and and because of the the wide open fields it just comes through and blows crazy amounts of snow. I got about uh probably about 6 inches today, so I I shoveled the driveway twice. Um <clears throat> that said, um I was like I said I was outside. I did not use my snowblower. I do have a snowblower um this time of year, you can't really use it, especially with the weather. We had 35, 40 degree weather the past couple of days, so you can't really use it, right? Um, because I live in a rural area, which means I do not have a uh, concrete and or tarred driveway. Um, I have crushed stone. So at this point, the crushed stone, because it, and because it was 40 degrees, uh, it's still not frozen. There's no hard pack over the top of it. Um, usually I just let it, I could kind of drive over it, but I had to get out there and actually do the work to, uh, get my body moving. I've been inside. I've uh, had the week off of work. So I've been inside doing nothing all week. So, uh, basically I went outside to get some exercise. I ended up shoveling my driveway. And then by the time I finished, because my driveway's so large, I had to shovel it again. There were another three inches on there. It was coming down hard this morning. And, um, I gotta tell you, I, in about, I'd say in about an hours and a half time, I did probably what was about a half soccer, a half soccer pitch. Um, all in all, I have a very long driveway, and it's funny how large of a driveway can get when it's winter. <laughs> it doesn't seem so large in the summertime when I'm mowing around it, but when I'm actually shoveling it, it's super large. So I, I did that all by myself, and probably about three hours time, I did it twice. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, all by myself. I'm looking at you, Burnley. Mike's looking at Burnley. Hey, I've got a, just a piggyback on that. I've got a, a, a driveway story. This is from a long time ago. I think this might be from before before my wife and I had kids. But uh, so living, living in a suburban area. Um, and it was one of those mornings where a big snowstorm came, but I was not expecting it when I went to bed. So I woke up and it's like, oh my goodness, there's like eight inches of snow in the driveway. And we had, you know, your typical short paved suburban driveway, but I did not have time to shovel. I had to, I had to just bust my car out of the garage and just back through the driveway as hard as I could and hope that I, I made it to the street. I did. 
And it was that heavy, wet, nasty snow. And uh, the entire day I was dreading coming home. It's just like, oh, I'm going to have to shovel that driveway when I get home. I pull up to the house. The driveway is completely cleared. It's been entirely shoveled. And uh, I had no idea what was going on. I, I, I walk into the house and my wife, my wife is standing there, hands me a fistful of money. She's like, I did you a favor. I shoveled the driveway. Go buy a snowblower. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> so I, I very quickly <laughs> went to Home Depot and uh, came home with a snowblower. And I was, a, I was a convert after that. And now I've told Mike, now I have a little plow that I use, which is even more fun than, than blowing snow. When you can drive something and it makes it go away, it's a I, blast. I still haven't convinced, the, uh, convinced my wife to let me get the side by side but i mean i that's one of the that's one of the selling points i would say definitely keep working also, on that, also that. That, you know you get a four-seater it's family fun yeah, absolutely it's all about the family yeah that's the way you have to pitch that if you need help i'll i'll, I'll give you some backup on that all right thanks buddy all right let's talk spurs well why don't we get into uh why don't we get into this past week it's been a busy week steve i'm gonna let you start things out um take us back to whatever you want to talk about across the past two or three fixtures what's on your mind you know, uh, I think, well, honestly, the both games that we played over the last week have a lot of similarities in that it ended up being Spurs attacking a low block that sat back with at least 10 people behind the ball, or in Southampton's case, nine people behind the ball because one of them got sent off. Um, but, and, and Spurs struggling against that, right? And Southampton, you know... The more I think about it, the further away that I get from it, I think a lot of that game comes down to there was very little rotation and they literally played less than 48 hours prior to that. Um, so I get it. You know, they're tired, fatigued. You could tell that the players were exhausted. Um and, you know, there was a part of me after that game that was sitting there like, you know, well, why didn't we rotate more? Like, surely we could have rotated more. And then, you know, we rolled out pretty much, I think, except for like three players, the exact same lineup, uh, you know, this yesterday. Um, and you know what? I, I, I've come to the conclusion that Conte just doesn't trust most of the non-starters. I, that's got to be end of story. I mean, when you're, especially in that last game, the most recent one against Watford, when it's like, you know, 80th minute, and then you're thinking about bringing, you know, a low Celso on to try to open things up. That doesn't say much uh, for the confidence level you have to have in this guy. You know, it, there's a part of me at first that was like, wow, you know, Conte's really waiting a long time to make some of these changes. Like what's going on. But I think it's more that he just doesn't trust the players that are on the bench to go in there and get the results, which is kind of scary. If you think about it, think about all the players that were on there who were relatively recent purchases. Uh, I'm talking, you know, Mourinho Nuno era. Um, and Conte's already kind of like, wow, you guys really fucked up with this. Like none of these guys are, are worth a lick. You shouldn't be starting any of them. In fact, I think you said it, Dave, in the, in the WhatsApp chat. WhatsApp, what's, what's app chat. So glad that happened to you and not me. That, that always happens to me. <laughs> that, uh, you know, it's like the entire bench is, is the, you know, for sale bench. You know, those are the guys that, that we need out of the club. And it's 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 rough because you know there's some of those guys that I think we've all been pulling for for so long, but the fact that it it appears to me that Conte doesn't have trust or faith in any of them to to get the job done when we desperately need the points. That's that's got to feel real bad for them, um, but it also has to be, you know, it, it, an indicator to Levy that he really needs to make some funds available. Uh, we desperately need reinforcements in January because there's absolutely no way that we can play through this heavy period with the same, call it 14, 15 players that Conte actually likes and wants to utilize. Uh, you know, one injury and we're screwed. There's, you know, we don't really have replacements. We don't have replacements for Kane. It seems like we're hesitant to to pull Sonny out, even though he hasn't really been super great of late. Uh, you know, the the midfield trio, Winks, Winks being the first on my list, Winks, Hoiberg, and and Skip. 
that's what you've got. One of those goes down. The other two are like mandatory starters. And that's just asking for fatigue and burnout. Uh, the wingbacks, right? Like Reggie Emerson, they need breaks. And if we're not trusting Doherty to come in there and, and provide some backup, uh, if, you know, Sessegnon's injured, which is unfortunate, but, you know, looking at the Watford game, how many crosses did Emerson fly into that box and none of them found a target i think 16 is the number that i saw or something like that it, it's wild he's, he's right like, great you, at you, it, to be to be honest i mean he's just not he's not accustomed to it he's just not great at it yeah but 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 that's the way conte plays so if he's not going to do it and you don't have anybody else that you trust to get in there and do a job man we we desperately need those reinforcements you know i think i think We'll probably see some more exciting games coming up against, uh, well, Chelsea and then uh, Chelsea uh, and then the Chelsea game. Uh, all three of those are probably going to be a little more exciting for us to watch. Uh, I was yeah. I was wondering what you were doing there. If you were just like, if your head was stuck on something, then I was like, oh yeah, Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea, and then Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Morecambe there. That should, I mean, we should be able to roll out whoever. Um, I say that and I guarantee we're going to lose one, nothing now. Yeah. So that one's shut up on paper, on paper, that should be an easy win. They're struggling. The divisions below us. We shouldn't have to worry about that. It's the period that's Chelsea, Arsenal, Chelsea. That's really going to hurt. If we don't have people by that stage to come in and help out, um, you know, if Kane goes down injured in this first game coming up uh, at Chelsea, the first Chelsea game, what are you going to do? You've got nobody else to back him up, and you've got Chelsea, Chelsea, and Arsenal. <laughs> it's just wild to me. Like, they're, we absolutely need to see movement as soon as humanly possible. I, I don't think the way that this squad looks, especially against these ultra-defensive teams – there's there's no way we can get away with Levy playing hardball master negotiator, save it for the last day of the month. I mean, we could be out of two cup competitions and outside of the top four by the end of this month if something doesn't happen. And I think something needs to happen based on these last two games. And I'll leave it there for uh, for Mike to jump in with his take. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been Wicked Spursy. Uh, we've covered everything and we... <laughs> oh, oh, hey, Mike! There you are. Holy shit! I'm I'm still here. I'm still Steve, here. Steve, Steve was not giving you a chance, buddy. But now you got the opening. So, Mike, where where do you want to go? Allie G going off on us. One his one hour rant. Um, so yeah, Southampton. Um, like, listen. Um, there's not a team that goes into St. Mary's and. And just fucking rolls them for some reason. They're they're outrageously tough at St. Mary's. Um, so you know we go out there. We don't have Skippy. Um, I think I think that's kind of that, that that's kind of a big deal um, going out there without Skippy. And I know that we're not so excited about that midfield pairing of Hoyberry and Skip. But we got Hoyberry and Winks. Um, hey, I like Hoyberg. I'm Winks just was, going on record. I think okay, he's so getting a lot of flack for no reason. Winks, Winks was a great. No, no, no I, I agree. I agree. Uh, Winks was Winks is a pretty good facilitator. Um, he at least tries those tries those nice passes. Uh, um, it was him. It was him who got that pass into to Sonny right for the for the penalty. Um, so, I mean, look, I think, I, I think like you said, Hoiberg gets a lot of flack for, for not being great, but he's, he doesn't have to be the player that he was last year to show us that, um, that he's the best midfielder we have. Um, he goes out there and he walks the walk without, without actually being flashy about it without you know he is he's still out there yelling at people and screaming at people but he's a fucking viking i mean that's what vikings do they scream right um he's a big tough dude you know and he goes out there and he bleeds for his team every single time uh he's out there um <clears throat> so that said southampton was always going to be a tough game um i mean 
yeah, we should have rolled them, especially the way that we were we had been playing. Um, nobody, nobody really seemed to want to take charge. Uh, we had how many minutes uh, on the field uh, with Southampton under a red? Um, uh, that strike from uh, Worth Proud was. Uh, um, Ward Prowse was was uh, just worth proud. That was good. Jesus yeah. Christ, man! Steve <laughs> got me on the WhatsApp chat. Um, so I mean, it still sounds weird to me. WhatsApp chat. <laughs> so that strike from uh, Ward Prowse was fucking outrageous. And I I know we talked about him uh, in the previous cast about um, he's probably the only one that is gonna that is kind of scary on that team. Because he always has those those moments where he's like, fucking brilliant. Um, but outside of outside of that, we we saw, you know, like Steve said, we don't have the rotation um, for having such an embarrassment of riches in our in our attacking players. We don't have an attacking fucking player that can be on the bench and come in and be effective right now. The only guy who could probably come off the bench and be effective is Lucas, and we have to have him in the starting eleven, right? So, uh, you know, I didn't do any. I, I I like to sometimes if I get a chance to do a little do a little rewatch. Um, I always find I always have this this little YouTube channel that I go to that shows me kind of the game and fast forward without all the uh, stoppages and the out of bounds plays and whistles and stuff. Um, so you get through it really quickly. I, I didn't get a chance to go back and rewatch, uh, rewatch that, that Southampton game, but you know, in the end, it was always going to be a hard game. Um, we probably got fucked over on a couple of, uh, on, on, well, there were three, go- there were three goals that were, that were not given. And I think at least two of them were pro- probably should have been given, um, but you know that's the way that shit rolls. Um, it was a Spursy performance, right? Um, I, I don't think that anybody was particularly great. Harry Kane was was actually trying to be Harry Kane. He was out there. Harry Kane is. I'm not gonna lie, man. Has been working hard. He's been doing his job. Um, we'll 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 get into Watford, but he's been doing his job. Um, everybody's been out there working hard and, and I'm not going to discredit anybody for anything that's happened on the, on the field during that game, because like I said, man, s- for some reason, Southampton defends their, defends their grounds. Well, as they should, right. As they should, hey, let's move on to, let's move on to Watford. Uh, Steve, starting with you, how much did you like seeing Musa Sissoko and Harry Winks together on the pitch again? <laughs> At least they were on opposite sides. Different shirts, yes. Still, still a great midfield pairing, though. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it's funny just how high Waste has risen in recent um, you know, recent performances versus how low Sistoko's dropped to be playing for... I feel this is probably a little disrespectful, but to be playing for Watford. You know, I, I, I don't know. There's something about that team that just doesn't sit right with me. Uh Maybe it's because they, you know, we just played them and they spent 90, uh, actually over 100 minutes sitting behind uh, the ball and just being very dull. Um, although they did have one fantastic strike that, uh, you know, we got a brilliant save from from Captain Hugo, fingertip push it away. Um, how embarrassing would that have been? Their boring, their boringness uh, was a, a lot of what we saw last year under Jose, right? I mean, there was a lot of the same type of play, except they don't have a, they didn't seem to have a player on the fucking field who actually gave a shit. Well, they didn't have a counterattack at all, right? They they literally just sat back and were boring. Yeah, no, they and yeah, they were boring. Go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. No, I mean <laughs> that's pretty much spot on, right? It's. You know, you got you got to feel bad for them because what else are they supposed to do? It's not like they have a tactical genius. Um, I say that Claudio Ranieri is probably better than what they've had, but uh, that stat, I am, 
I didn't really get to to look it up, but it was uh, you know the the commentators for that game. They had said something like, since their last Premier League clean sheet, they've had five managers. Like, how hmm. unbelievable is that? Did either of you see that? I saw a really funny clip of uh, after the Sanchez goal went in. It was a, a sideline clip of our coaching <laughs> yes. staff celebrating, Conte celebrating, and. He, he, he's just, he's just fired up. And then he realizes he's like a foot away from Claudio Ranieri and he just reels it in immediately and turns tail and just felt badly. It was a fantastic clip. Steve, you saw that? I did. I loved Reggie coming in and just kind of giving him that shove. Too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice to celebrate. Even if it's in the 95th, 96th minute, right? We'll, we'll take that. But, but you know who didn't celebrate? Davinson Sanchez. Like a boss. And you know what? I, I need to use this time to formally apologize to Davidson Sanchez because I feel like, you know, ever since we started doing this, every chance I got to call him out for every mistake, calling him, you know, he's not good enough. He, you know, he's technically gifted, but just doesn't have the mental capacity to be that. I was wrong. This guy needed the system. He got the system under Conte. Uh, and he's just been immense, you know, he, to, to be fair, he does still have a mistake in him, but with the system that he's got, you've got Dyer back, you've got Davies, you've got Emerson, somebody is there to, you know, mop up if that happens. Um, but what I really appreciate from him and, and from Davies too, uh, to, to a lesser extent, if you watch that game, they were getting up in the attack too. There were times um, over the last two games where it looked like Davinson was like the most advanced person on the team. Like he was all the way up there, you know, ready to pounce on something. Um, and and I think this system really suits it. It it covers up some of those mistakes a bit because it adds a, a bit more protection uh, behind him, and it allows him to kind of use his his frame to just be imposing to to make defenders question do i do i really need to you know to to mark this guy is that a real thing that's happening right now do i have to pull off harry kane to mark davinson sanchez because this guy is is a threat um no 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 you don't i mean to be fair he's got two goals in the two two goals now in the league right he's that's what one less than harry kane (laughs) two Two less than Harry Kane. He's he's on the Harry Kane level in terms of goal scoring for right now. You know, Steve, uh, the only thing that worries me about Sanchez, and I, I agree his performance is markedly improved and he's he's held his own. What worries me is when Romero comes back and is fully fit, we know those minutes are going to go. They're going to go to Romero. Um, and Sanchez is not good on the left in the same way that he is on the right. So like, it, it seems like he gets slotted behind Romero most logically. And I feel like Sanchez needs time on the pitch to have a rhythm and not make those mistakes. It seems like when he gets plugged in intermittently, that's when, when you see those, those goof ups happen. So I'm hoping that there can be a reasonable rotation that, that keeps Romero on as much as possible, but keeps Sanchez sharp. That's, that's going to be important. Here's here's the thing. I'm curious. When, when Romero when Romero comes back, um, we'll get back to to Watford in a second. I mean, there's not a lot to talk about. It was a pretty fucking boring game. Um, but when when Romero comes back, um, I think you have an, the ability to have a good rotation um, in those three center backs. Um, I think Dyer's probably very capable of playing, <clears throat> say that left side. If he has to, because um, Davis isn't going to be able to be there all the time, um, you know, we have the ability to have. You can probably even throw Reggie there if you have to, but you don't have to. Um, you want Reggie playing your wing back, um, but you have the ability to put Dyer there. Um, you can you can have Romero playing playing central, um, and you can have Dave playing on the right. I mean. I think that the, the rotation is going to come, you know, somewhere within that, you know, between Dave Davis and, and Dyer. Um, and, and then maybe, you know, that way you find a way to get Sanchez back in the, back in the mix, you know, I yeah, mean, that's fair. That's a, that's and, a and it's going to take, and it's going to take Romero some time to come back to. He's not going to just come in slot in and fucking play every single goddamn match. You know, he's not going to come in and play 90 minutes of every match. What we saw out of Romero was 
nothing short of fucking amazing when he was out there. Um, he did provide some scary moments where he gets really far up, but I think that that's that's something that Conte loves, obviously, because you see now you're seeing Sanchez get up there and get in the mix. But I mean, it's also it's also a lot because um, you're you're finding now that we have the these teams that are lower table teams that are willing to fucking sit back and park the bus on and let us have 60, 70 percent possession. Um, if we're not willing to push it forward into the box, they're not going to give a shit. They're going to let those defenders because there's an odd, there's an odd chance that a ball is going to come back over the top of those defenders. And Sanchez is just not good coming back, going backwards. He's just not, he's fast as fuck, but he's not, he's not great going backwards and, and trying to recover. Um, but I mean, going going forward here, you know, we got four points out of the week. Could have been, should have been six, but whatever. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna dwell on it. We're sitting there in pretty good spot in six right now. Read anything else we want to say on Watford, or have we have we covered everything there was in now, that game? I, I mean, look the 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 front three. So I this is one of the games that I did go back and and look at and. <clears throat> The front three, you know, I thought initially that Lucas had a fucking great game. There was, you know, and I and I got a lot of, I, I got a lot of shtick in 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 uh, one of my group chats that I'm in for for defending Lucas and saying that he was the best of the three. I'm not going to say he was the best of the three anymore. I mean, going back and looking at it, he's. I think it, on the first watch, it's like this guy's constantly fucking moving. So you think he's so active and he's and he's affecting the game and he and he was to a point, but um, his passing wasn't crisp. Um, his, I think, I think once he gets a few games where he gets runs in and he and he starts doing playing really well, he thinks he can just he thinks he's the fucking boss on the field. Um, and that played well when Harry Kane wasn't there. You know, but he's he needs to recognize that Harry Kane is there. He didn't set Harry Kane up to play. He was, um, I think that the 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 tactics in these front three kind of didn't work out because of the fact that you had Sonny coming in kind of from behind, playing more of a number ten role, um, and and kind of I think that suits Lucas a little more than Sonny. I think Sonny's more suited to play like an outside role where he comes in, he, he bombs in from the side. He, he's not that guy. He's not a, he's not a deli alley. He's not the, he's not the type who's going to bomb in from the back from be, behind and, and, uh, and, and play an amazing ball or play an amazing uh, rebound from a, from a save. Um, Sonny's more the guy who's going to come from the outside, dribble in, make a play in the box, possibly pass it if he has to, but, 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 you know, usually he'll put a really good shot on goal and lots of times that goes in. Lucas, Lucas is the guy who's a, he's like, we have always said, he's kind of that, he's a chaos merchant. He's the, he's the guy who comes in and hitting and, 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 and creates chaos so that you have three or four guys occupying Lucas because of his footwork. And then Harry Kane gets open. And if and if Lucas is willing and able to make that pass, which it didn't seem on that second watch, he wasn't willing and able to make that pass. I think he was looking for the shot, you know. And I think that's that's to his detriment sometimes. I I, I did like to see that his head was up a little more. He is actually looking for the pass a little more, but I, it just at that Watford game, I think he thought that he could do a lot more with the ball. Um, what I did like from Lucas, though, was that he was going back and every single ball that he lost, he was trying to win back. Every single ball that Harry Kane lost, that anybody else on the team lost, that Sonny lost, that, that you know, Skippy lost. Skippy didn't have a great game. Um, every ball that anybody lost that was anywhere near the box, Lucas was running after it. And I think that's kind of what made me feel initially that he was having an, an amazing game because he's out there hustling. He's working, man. And to me, if you're a worker, you're, you're having a good game out there. You know, you're having a, 
you're you're willing to put the work in and it just harry kane is not that type of player to go back and chase down a ball that he's lost you know he's gonna he's gonna let his midfielders and we have defensive midfielders out there to do that it's just you know i think sometimes it gets into lucas's head that he's the that he's the star out there and there's you know six other stars on that team you're a total lucas apologist you know that don't you yeah, I'm a total Lucas apologist, uh, and I and I think that Lucas, I think that Lucas, I'm a, I'm going to be a Hoy Bear uh, apologist pretty soon here too because he's getting a lot of shit and and uh, that that guy's work rate is outrageous. I'm sorry, it is. Um, it's one of the top in the league. Uh, I don't know if somebody one one of the guys on their WhatsApp chat um, posted posted the graphic. Was it you, Steve? Yep, it was me. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, it was like the bird box thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, I mean, uh, that that graphic says it all, right? He. So, for those of you who who aren't aware, there was a, a meme that was going around um, on the Koi's Reddit. <laughs> it was, you know, all the people who you know insist on being Hoi Bukaters, and it's, you know, them from uh, Bird Box when they're blindfolding themselves so they don't have to see. Uh, what's going on around them and uh, you know somebody had photoshopped all the charts and graphs that show that like compared to everybody else in the league Hoiberg's towards the top in just about every single key statistic uh, and you know uh, it's it's funny it, this this whole conversation Lucas uh, Hoiberg it, it's just got me thinking among well I'm just going to say among uh, um, sports fans in general I don't think it's possible to have an objectively correct opinion unless somebody is just so clearly overperforming or underperforming that it's obvious to everybody watching that they are either really good or really bad. Um, but some of these guys, the, the Hoybjergs, the Lucases, you know, the ones who are getting a lot of flack from the fans for you know not doing what they expect them to be doing. When you look at the underlying statistics behind what it is they're doing, it's kind of impressive. It, it it just has me feeling like, you know, we as fans want to see the goals. We want to see the assists. We don't always capture some of the clever off the ball movement to shut down channels or, you know, to, to Mike's point, a lot of the, the uh, incalculable work rate that gets put into chasing people down and, um, you know, when you're on the field and you've got somebody chasing you down and you're tired, you make mistakes. It just happens. You know, you have to be incredibly strong mentally to have complete composure on the ball all the time. When you've got somebody like Lucas, who is a absolute chaos merchant, charging you down at his top speed, you're going to do something stupid. It might not be the first time. It might not be the second, but at some point when that happens, you're going to turn the ball over. You're going to kick it and it's going to go out. You're, you know, it's just not going to work for you. You'll have your pocket picked. You'll be paying attention to Lucas. And then a guy like Skip comes in and just pokes the ball away. These are the things that they're not the flashiest, but they're so important to have on the team. Uh, and I think we as fans kind of overlook that. Um, particularly in these really boring games, Hoiberg and Skip together had so many interceptions in that midfield that just completely shut down the counterattack before it became dangerous. For as boring as that game was, I don't think there was really a single moment, especially in the first half, where I felt like they were going to be threatening at all. You know, our defense didn't really have to do a whole heck of a lot. Even when Winks gave the ball away in the box, he was the guy who turned around and won it back and got it out of there. Um, you know, it's it's amazing to me where we've come as a team where all of a sudden a counterattack is like, yeah, whatever, you know, Skip's going to get it. Hoybier's going to get it. You know, Davies is going to run in and have that crucial touch that, that you know, sets us on the counterattack in the opposite direction. Um, you know, a lot of these guys that, you know, even to this day, you still see on on social media, which to be fair, is an absolute cesspool of toxic opinion. Um, you know, you still see people calling for Davies to be sold. This, like, what does a guy have to do 
to make you realize that he's Mr. Dependable. He's Mr. You need him there because he enables so much more for the players around him. Um, you know, yeah, it's great to have flashy players. It's great to have brilliant goals, but you know, you need some of these workhorses. You need some of these, uh, you know, tactically aware, clever players who don't need to make last ditch challenges all the time because they're in the right spot at the right time to make sure that play doesn't even happen. Lunch pail guys, right? Like I said, last exactly, time. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I so just, I'm, I, I honestly know. I honestly like Ben Davis and and. And Conte's made him look world class, but like, yeah, we so know I'm with you, Mike. We know that he's not. I, I don't think he needs to be sold. I think he's a guy that needs to be that needs to be on the team, and he's there to provide stability when when we For need sure. it. And and that guy, like, I don't know that he's an everyday starter on a on a world class team. But this is not a world class team. We've we we admit it. You know, all Spurs fans admit we're not a world class team. We we want to be. For sure. So I'm with you, Mike. I'm, you know, when it comes to being that Lucas Hoybjerg apologist, I'll be vocal with you right there. Then, um, honestly, everybody in that that starting 14 or 15 players that Conte's trusted over the last few games, I think each of them has has clearly earned the respect of the coach, the trust of of him and the fans. Uh, and we we really need to get behind them, whether they're having a, a, a brilliant game or if they're just, you know, not quite there. Like Emerson, people are calling for him to be sold already. No, I don't think he needs to be sold. I think he needs a good backup or, you know, alternatively, somebody to come in ahead of him and, and do the job and kind of help lift him to a, a higher level. You know, he's still a young guy, tw- 22, 23 years old. He's got plenty of time to, you know, figure his spot out. But uh, no, I don't think I don't think that's somebody you sell. I think that's somebody that you invest in, whether it's and in that investment in my mind is a competitive uh, alternate in that spot that can help him grow into it, provide that cover and, and you know, really solidify that we've got another option in the event that Emerson throws 16 crosses into the box that go to no one. You guys know what I want? What do you want? I want to know what Mike's drinking. Hey, Mike, <laughs> what you drinking? Guys, you know, Steve, Steve, Steve wants to go off. Like I, we could probably, I could listen to Steve talk <laughs> two fucking hours. Uh, no kidding. And someday we will do a two hour, uh, a two hour podcast commentary uh, that uh, you guys will all shut off after the first 20 minutes because it's going to be me rambling and rambling and rambling and Steve saying some smart stuff and then me rambling and rambling. <laughs> and um, notice he didn't mention me because I'm just hanging around waiting for them to finish. That's basically that's Dave, basically what that comes down no, to, right? Dave Dave has Dave has uh, some of the best commentary uh, and smartest commentary of all the all of the three of us. And he holds oh, stop, it Mike, keep going. No, keep going. you hold it in, dude. You hold it in every <laughs> single fucking time. One of these days, he's going to be like, "Shut the fuck up, Steve. It's my turn." <laughs> Um, so today, um, I, so this is, uh, this is one of the least known great Vermont breweries. Um, today I've got a beer from 10 Benz. Um, 10 Benz is from Hyde Park, Vermont. Um, they're out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, which it's, it's a, it's a funny spot. Um, they're, they're very big, uh, they're the big fish and Grateful Dead fans um, at Ten Bens. Um, they're one of my favorite breweries out there. Um, every single beer that they've that they've made, I've not had a bad experience with. So I saw this one, um, and it used to be just kind of like a, a quick one off in the in the spring or summer, and um, and now it's, it's I don't know if it's like a year round thing, but. I found this can and it was a uh... no, it was canned relatively recently. So um, sometimes you go to a beer store and you find a can that's been like it's like six months old, and you're like, "What the fuck? Why is this still here?" Um, that happens with craft beers a lot. Uh, but this is a Skygazer. It's a session IPA. So they started making this years and years and years ago. Um, 
I shouldn't say years and years and years ago because they've only been around for a few years. But um, I I got this. I saw this and I was like, oh shit, I haven't tried this yet. It's one of the ones I love. Their uh, cream puff war is one of my favorite. Um, it's like a peach um, uh, IPA. Uh, anyway, um, so it's this one's called Sky Gazer. It's got a really kind of a cool looking label. It's uh, it's kind of like uh, it's got Chris. It's like pine trees and uh, like an aurora borealis. You can see it, Steve, right there. It's kind of a naked, yeah, neat little uh, label. Um, this beer's a session IPA. Um, it's made with Amarillo. Uh, Rakao and uh, Moteika uh, hops, which are, uh, I think they're New Zealand hops. Those, are, those last two are, um, <clears throat> are New Zealand hops. It comes in at 4.9, which, you know, is session IPA is kind of like an oxymoron, right? Like, you, you, you expect your IPAs to be giant fucking hop bombs, alcohol bombs, right? Um, and I think session IPAs are a real, real, um, it, it's an amazing, it's got to be an amazing process to make a beer that is hoppy, that's tasty, but still light uh, on alcohol and light light on your on your palate, per se. Um, so, Sky Gazer, um, I've gotten into this, this habit of reading these, so I'm going to do it, on, I'm going to do it again, uh, the Beer Advocate thing. Where did it go? Perfect. Just, it. Just don't gross us out, okay, Mike? I'm not going to gross you out with any uh, porno, lacy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so this person gives it a 4.85, 4.84 out of 5. Um, I don't know what a betcher pint glass is, but I'm going to read this because this is. Uh, they're always very funny to me and for anybody who's listened i've been doing these i've been reading these because uh it's like uh the penthouse forums i used to get a kick out of like reading those uh those those people who write into the the penthouse magazines when i was in college right right <laughs> yeah that's you, that's you, why you were you were doing the reading i was right. reading for the i was reading for the <laughs> right. articles right no no but you you, you get those and then it, you kind of you get a you get a kick out of you get a kick out of those people right in with with the stories, right? Uh, this says can to Betcher pint glass. Um, Four point eight five, by the way. The appearance was a beautiful, thick, hazy, paper yellow shade with a semi rocky foam cap of a head. This head dissipated to leave a slight filmsy ring of lace. Oh, there it is, sticking <laughs> somewhat near the top. The aroma had a wonderful blend of sweet to bitter, grassy and citrusy, rind, citrusy rind, pithy character. Pulled pine needles graced the graced the underneath. The flavor possessed a superb blend of all of the prior mentioned aromas. Some clean biscuit malty slyly moved in with some warmth. <laughs> this guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> oh this is this is from our friend of ours uh lone freighter he's uh he's been he's been featured on wicked spursy before um oh god what a douchebag this guy is. <laughs> i, I want to meet this guy uh piney citrus pithy aftertaste mouthfeel is between light and medium body this but this guy's probably a brewer and he's probably at like some major brewery too either that or he's a one of the douchebags who does actual like like uh beer tastings he, he's a he's a he's a beer judge those guys are all assholes trust me i've met a bunch of them carbonation felt nice and low with no hot burn whatsoever nice soft creamy feels on the finish overall <laughs> well shit i thought frost bw did a fabulous job on a session ipa bw by the way is that what that means i think that's btw uh, beer works. Frost, beer Frost beer works. works. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Frost beer works. Yeah. Steve, okay. nice job, man. We schooled Mike on on beer. Well done. Which is crazy because I love Frost. Like that's one this of my. This has been Wicked Spursy. I think yeah. we'll call that's it. That's it for this <laughs> evening, folks. Have a have a great day. Uh, you guys pulled this off. It says you guys pulled this off in an absolutely stunning way. So let's open this. I'm no more beating around the fucking bush here. 
You know, I, I like to imagine that this dude, when Lone he's writing freighter. these... Lone Freighter. I'm going to find freighter. this motherfucker. <laughs> I like... I, just the mental image I have is just an obese guy in his 40s sitting in a dark room in his tidy whities can cracked open right next to him. He's got the glass ready to go. And he's just typing these things out, you know, with just the faint glow of the monitor, the only the light source big around fat it. Index fingers, right? <laughs> Steve, why is he got to be in his forties? What's that all? No, no, about? I know. I, I was just gonna say he like <laughs> he he just about three quarters described me. <laughs> Except I'm a dad now, so I like I, I I probably have license to sit around in my underwear, but I don't. <laughs> Maybe his fifties. Maybe his fifties. I, I, it's might just, embar- that's... I might embarrass my 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 preteen daughter. You know, I don't know. <laughs> that's it, just it, you, know, you know. I it's like you know the, the what's that what's that show about the eighties there uh, with the with the oh shit the Goldbergs modern fa- yeah Goldbergs that's what it is yeah yeah Goldbergs the, the, dad, the, the Goldbergs he was that's my dad my dad used to sit around in his tidy whities sorry dad I know he <laughs> listens to it every once in a while but um, he used to sit around in his <laughs> oh tidy you told. You know, and, and he's that he's that dad from that from the Goldbergs. Kind of an Al Bundy type, right? Yeah, yeah. Except Al Bundy is a, is, a, is a heavy dude and sits around in his underwear. Yeah, and Mike Al Speaking Bundy of... would never would never write anything that erotic. No, not at all. all right, Mike, this... speaking of the eighties, as you're pouring that, uh, I did get around to watching Eight Bit Christmas. I think it was you that made the recommendation on that, or someone did. Yeah, um, well worth the time. And being a kid that grew up outside Chicago, like there were a bunch of Easter eggs hidden in there that you know somebody like me would recognize that others wouldn't even get. So thanks for the recommendation on that. Good stuff. What a great movie. I mean, great movie. I, I, would, Absolutely. I, would watch it, I watched it again. Our friend, Nikki Winks uh, said it was better than a Christmas story. Um, I don't agree, but it's, it's, a, it's a good movie and it, and, and it might actually be fun to watch outside of Christmas too. True. Um, so this beer pours pretty super light. Um, it looks like huh. it's the color of like champagne. You say this is a session session IPA. It's a session IPA. So I mean, okay. obviously, it's going to look light. It's going to probably in the mouth feel fizzy and light. Um, it's probably going to taste and smell like an IPA. It didn't like when I opened it. It didn't like blow my face off with with hops. So, um, and I'm I'm, I'm going to say like Lone Freighter, dude. Fucking grassy is a bad, 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 bad thing. Uh, he must not be a, a beer judge because grassy with an IPA is not a good thing. If you get grassy with an IPA, I've brewed, and if you have that grassy smell or taste, it means that something has gone wrong in the brewing process. So when you say grassy in your in your beer reviews, fuck off if you're going to get a 4.84. So Hey, maybe here. he's a goat, and that's a good thing. Yeah, grass is great for goats, cows, horses. <laughs> This is this is a nice some sort of beer. farm animal. This is a nice smelling beer. I can already tell that I'm, it's not going to get a five out of me or four point eight four. I'm going to say he's going to give it like a, a three point eight seven. That's it's my not guess. A spite. He's he's going to do that just to spite this other dude. No question. We know Mike well. All right. So off the top, <laughs> it is a it's it's a total session IPA. Um, like I said, session IPAs, oxymoron IPAs are generally big fucking alcohol hot bombs. Um, on the East Coast, they're they're unfiltered. This is an unfiltered. Um, this beer is a light beer. It's uh, <clears throat> I don't the lace whatever fuck it. Um, but I I can tell you that this beer is it's a good beer to drink. Um, it's. I would never throw it away. I don't think it's a 4.84 by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a really good beer. Um, it uses the hops well. Um, I can tell you that um, the Amarillo hops are um, front are very, very forward in here. And I know what amarillo smells like i know what amarillo tastes like because i've used them before as bittering hops and um and as taste hops tasting hops so i mean finishing hops if you will um this beer feels like it's been been dry hopped almost but it's got a lot of hops and 
um i don't know those other two so much that i would be able to like pick them out but like the amarillo is really really forward in this and i love those hops they're great to work with um this beer for me gets probably about a 3.8 you <laughs> I, I, there, there's no other way Bot I do it. freaking on, Steve. Way to go, buddy. There's no well, his fucking stupid prophecies. <laughs> prophecies. Um, there's, Unbelievable. There's, I, I almost like the the other day. I almost told him to shut the fuck. I did tell him to shut the fuck up, didn't I? <laughs> when he said that uh, that, that King was going to score in the in the in the ninetieth minute, the eighty sixth minute. He did, um, and you did. Yes. No, this beer is going to be a three point eight for me. Um, it's it, definitely not a four. I don't. I don't see myself drinking a ton of them. Um, and what's the uh, what's the preferred drinking location for this, Mike? Paint a picture for us. In your basement, doing a podcast. <laughs> in your underwear. In your underwear. Lights uh, off. In your mid forties. Lights, lights off. Typing with your giant fat index fingers. Um, the Cheeto stains that he's just rubbed off on his chest. Yeah. Ugh. You know, it, it, I feel it's like the uh, comic book guy in Simpsons. You know. Yeah, that's exactly. Bring it back to the Simpsons. I had to do Ali. Worst. That's perfect. Ever, you know. (laughs) Sure, Ted Bend is going to really appreciate the uh, the mental images that we're associating with his beer. We're uh, we're affecting their sales in a downward. Look, I I love Ted Bend. I love I love the folks that work there. Um, and quite honestly, like we travel out that way, and we always um just to go do Vermonty stuff in the summertime with the family on a weekend take drives my my son loves to take drives so we always go out that way and then like on our way back through like jeffersonville and stuff hyde park <clears throat> we'll um we'll stop at at 10 bands just to get beers because um like i said i love cream puff war that's one of my favorite beers um and that's named after a grateful dead song but like every time i go there it's always like preferable music for me it's a chill atmosphere it kind of sits in back of like this, uh, I don't know, like a replay or reuse store, um, and it's kind of sandwiched in with a with a car dealership, like a, a oddly placed car dealership in the town. But um, I love their beers. I love the people there. Um, I would highly recommend going there for anybody who wants to. And I would say too that anybody who's listening, that if you're not from Vermont, you come to Vermont. Um, we will if just contact us when you come we will uh at least uh, myself or steve and i or even if dave gets up this way because dave is not actually that close to us but would uh take you guys on a nice little brew tour whatever breweries you want to go to and have a good time get to know some folks um we're always very willing to do that you know COVID rules providing um we're always willing to get out there and meet people because uh you know i mean meeting folks and 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 having um good conversation and good times with folks is is what keeps us mentally sane you know we can't just as well as much as we love our families we can't just be around our families all the time so you know social interaction is great but and and um this is the type of thing that i love to do so um i love to drink some beers i like to laugh i like to have a good time and we could talk with a you know we could talk for hours about spurs we could talk for hours about beers but, you know, just getting out there and meeting folks is, is one of the reasons that, you know, we're kind of out here just living, you know. Like you're in your Tinder profile there or something or what, what was it? Don't, don't swipe, swipe right, swipe left, <laughs> yeah. left whatever but, no, but seriously, Mike. No, no, uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm quite honest about about uh, doing like a little Wicked Spruce, uh, Wicked yeah. Spruce Brew Tour and maybe someday on our, uh, yeah, with like maybe even just the three of us, that would be kind of cool where you chronicle our entire day you know and and chronicle our wives getting so angry at us that would be enjoyable <laughs> i think we're onto something there but hey mike that is a good shout and thanks for throwing that out and to anybody who wants to reach out to us for that um on twitter at wicked spurs or you can find us on facebook as well just shoot us a shoot us a message and we'll we'll hook something up so that's good gentlemen listen we, we've already like we're approaching our hour mark believe it or not so i'm going to ask you to kind of if you can do a combo of um, closing thoughts, but also looking ahead at the Chelsea, Morecambe, Chelsea, Arsenal, Chelsea, you know, um, feel free to do anything with that that you want. Steve, let's start with you. 
give Mike a rest after that exhausting uh, brewery review. But Steve, what are you? Uh, oh, exhausting! Thinking? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Sorry, you Dave, Dave doesn't that, like man. us talking today, Steve. He's so mad. Um, angry dave today angry angry dave it's only a matter of time before he snaps um yeah so uh, you know we got chelsea coming up them losing mendy is big um you know to afcon honestly arsenal losing party um is also uh, advantageous for us um but no i still think it's you know my, my thoughts from last week I still carry them forward, right? This is a huge stretch. We didn't get the six points that I wanted this week. We got four, which is not bad, you know? Um, And I think the only reason I'm saying that is because folks above us also dropped points this week. Um, So it it, it doesn't hurt as much. That game against Arsenal is still uh, the swing that we need to get ahead of them with games in hand. Um, so that's, that's going to be a massive one, but before we even get there, Chelsea, uh, I don't think they're going to have Werner. Um, I think he's out. Lukaku seems to be banished to God knows where after that absolutely asinine interview that he gave. Um, so uh, effectively they're playing, or they're probably going to be playing without a striker. Um, you know, when we get to them, it'll be what Havertz, Pulisic, um, you know, somebody's going to be playing like that false nine. Um, but it, it's Kovacic in the midfield that's really going to worry me. That's going to be a fun test, uh, him going up against Skip for who's going to be the more dominant force in the center of the park. Um, I think I, I anticipate that's going to be a, a pretty open game. Um, you know, this is a, a, a cup that Conte has won. I don't think he's going to, you know, shrug it off by any stretch of the imagination. Um same with Morecambe. I think he's going to go do you, for who that. Do you, who too. do you win it with, Steve? Who do I win it with? Who did Conte win it with? Chelsea. I think that might be added incentive for him. To just, be honest. just saying, dude. Just saying. It's you know, I I think I I honestly. I think this is a game that we're going to look to, or this is a, a, a fixture we're going to look to win at home. Um, and it's probably going to be, you know, hold the clean sheet away and maybe try to snatch, uh, you know, something on a, on a counterattack, which honestly feeds right into Conte's game plan. Um, but I don't, I'm not expecting anything away from home. I, I, I think if we're going to get a result, it's going to be at home and, and um, you know, starting away, we just need to make sure we don't fuck up too bad. Um, more come similarly. I think that's honestly, if we, if we lose to them, I'm going to say it. I don't think I would be that upset just because of the massive fixture congestion that we have. That said, I don't see how we would with Conte, you know, he got his one, you know, the Murrow loss, I think is the worst one. I don't, anticipate we see anything like that again under Conte so I think more comes probably going to be a win I think Chelsea is probably going to be a draw that's that's my guess for this uh the next two um and then you know we'll look to win it uh in the reverse that's it how for about, me I'm sorry not Steve Mike how about you what are your uh what are your closing thoughts and looking ahead um <clears throat> You know, I, I don't I don't necessarily think that um, a whole lot hinges on whether we win um, against Arsenal, whether we win against Chelsea. Um, I, I like I said, we need a draw against Chelsea in in the first leg. Um, Workham, you know, that's going to be heavily rotated squad. Um, I, I, I'm not really concerned about Morecambe at all. Uh, that said, you know, Steve's predictions are fucking outrageous. Um, I, you know, this, this is going to be a tough month. I think we're going to have to weather some storms. We're going to be disappointed. We're going to be happy. We're going to be disappointed. Um, but, you know, I mean, all of that said, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea is... Is going to be the is is going to be the test because 
Um, you're going to probably get three different Chelsea teams every every time you play them. Um, Lukaku is, again, like Steve said, banished to fucking wherever. Enter Milan again. Back to Inter. Um, <clears throat> uh, I don't I, even I, think I don't they know. want him. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's, it's so funny that you had mentioned that, that interview. Like, that guy is so fucking professional, right? So professional. He said how many times that he was a professional. That guy is so professional. I mean, I couldn't have I, I couldn't have imagined a guy scoring a goal and being so lazy an entire game like he was the other day. Um, probably why he got fucking completely dropped from the team today. Um, that and the fact that he's getting sold somewhere, loaned somewhere. Um, that was the argument uh, that... That uh, you know got him got him sent from uh, what well, Man U. He's just lazy, and he can go to the Italian league if he wants to and boss people around because because they're you know they're a less physical physical league. But he he thought he was just going to come back here and destroy people because he was with Chelsea, mighty Chelsea, who just goes out there and spends money and buys players instead of getting players that suit the suit the needs of the of the manager who by the way is a giant piece of shit um i'm not too concerned um I, you know if you're going to be concerned anywhere it's like you said with with arsenal i think we're a different team they're a different team but arsenal's arsenal's clicking they're they're firing on all cylinders you know, whatever other fucking stupid cliches, they're giving 110%. They've uh, left it all on the field. They've, um, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and all that fucking bullshit. Um, Arsenal's the team that you want to beat. I don't necessarily think it's a must-win game. We still have three fucking months to go here, guys. So, you know, it's it's still a long stretch. There's a lot of games to be played. There's games to be played against top tier teams, but you have to win those mid tier team, those mid tier games, and those low tier games. We didn't do that. We didn't accomplish that goal this week um, of getting those six points against the teams that we needed six points against. Um, otherwise, we would be up there, right? We would be in the top four. Um, we wouldn't be fucking around worrying about whether this is a swing game against Arsenal, whether this is a swing game against a Chelsea team that's 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 hurting right now. Um, Mendy being gone, it is what it is. They they they're still a professional team. They still you know went down two zero to to Liverpool today. Mighty 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 Liverpool, and um and ended up drawing two two. You know. It, this is this league has probably the most parity of any any league in all of soccer um where the top 8 9 10 teams all have a shot at beating each other all the time um and i think i think Tottenham's right up there they're not i don't i don't think we're a big team i don't think we're a, we're, we're a big team we're not a big club right so we have the players to do the job we don't have the players to come off the bench to spell those guys who do the job. So this is where this all this fixture congestion, congestion, and all of this, all of these uh, games that we're playing right now, um, whether they're in, you know, we don't have we don't have the European Cup anymore, any cups anymore. So we're getting our domestic cups are starting to fly in together. Um, we have games in hand that we still have to play. We don't know where those are going to get played, and and I just think that. I just think that we have to kind of manage our expectations and, and understand that this right here is the toughest stretch of the season. And that if we get through this with maybe a draw here, maybe a win here, maybe a loss here, who cares if we lose? Um, but I don't, I don't see it really having a giant effect on us. I think where the effect, where we need to be effective um, and win games is further on down the line when we're playing again those mid and low table teams and i and i'm never going to change from that from that idea so i've got a question before i do my my takeaways or uh closing thoughts carabao help me out guys um there's the away and home fixture away goals count or don't count they do what, not what's count. 
they do not count. So it's just, it's just aggregate goal total is, is the winner. And then, and then kicks um, immediately or kicks after extended time. If, if they're tied up and they extended time, right? I think it's an extended. I don't, right. I don't think, I, I don't think you care about cup. It's, it's uh, immediately. So here's my thinking. Here's how, here's how the next. They may not matches. even use VAR. I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't think the fucking league does it anymore. <laughs> Good point. Um, my take on the next five matches, um, we're away at Chelsea in the first leg of the of the Carabao. I think we we draw or maybe lose that by one. Um, FA Cup home against Morecambe, we should win. You guys know if we were on the road, we would struggle and potentially embarrass ourselves, but I suspect that's probably a 2-0 or 2-1 win in the FA to keep us going there. Um, Carabao at home at Chelsea, I suspect we – potentially draw even and we take that to uh take that to kicks and see where that goes but hey we've said before who cares about the carabao so i don't really care if that one goes i'd rather we focus on the fa cup and uh focus on just our league position but that's that's only my opinion i think we win we win the derby um at home against the gooners i think we uh we have that one coming to us but i think the chelsea match after that in the league we're going to be exhausted after playing them twice. I think we'll probably take a pummeling in the league, you know, when we play them again at Stamford Bridge. So that's just my take on how those next five are going to play out. Mike, your point about managing expectations is the key. I really think that's that's where it is. You know, as we were watching the Watford match the other day, just in our chat and just other online forums, like the sky was falling all over the place, right? And then boom, one goal kind of changes things. And the reality is we got to stay even keeled because there's going to be highs and lows and in the end, it'll all sort out about the way it should. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Boys, that's it. We made it to the finish line. Well done. Barely. Jesus Christ. Well done. Hey, hey, uh, Steve's rambling in my 65-minute uh, <laughs> beer review. <laughs> it was utterly predictable that Mike or that Steve nailed on the head when he when he called out your rating. We should Steve. We should start wagering on that, like on the side. We should pre- <laughs> no, predict should, Mike's rating should, before you. You should wager. I, I got to tell you, like fuck i didn't want to do it but i had to like this was, that was a solid 3.8 beer you know he said it and i was like shit this all right we we knew as soon as you said 4.84 we knew it was a 3.8 beer no question no i don't i don't fucking like that guy that's the, that's the problem <laughs> fuck that guy fuck that guy now i'm gonna make it my i'm gonna make it my business to find him very good. Hey, to all of our listeners, we appreciate you. And as Mike said, if you uh, want to reach out about a trip to Vermont breweries, uh, reach out to us online. We're happy to talk. And quiz, 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 as always, take care of yourselves. Be smart. Be kind to other people. Get your vaccines. And Mike, one last thing. Be safe.